in studio with me this morning, Dr. Kalua Green. Uh, super honored to have Dr. Kalua Green here with us, founder and chairperson of Green Africa Foundation, an organization that was founded in the year 2000 that champions sustainable development in Africa. Last week, President William Ruto lifted the logging ban, allowing for the harvesting of some trees in our forests. The ban had been in place for six years. That's the crux of our conversation. But before we get into all of that, first and foremost, let me welcome you here. What an honor it is to meet you, Dr. Green. Farid, thank you. Rotarian. <laughs> Rotarian uh, Farid thank you. Uh, Kimani. Thank yeah. you for the great work that you continue to do. Thank you. While here, you're an unsung hero. Thank and you. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you so thank much, you, Dr. Green. Thank you. And the good work that Capital FM continues to do. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Yes, and having conversations <coughs> like this is part of that uh, incredible work True. that the radio station does. Um, let's talk a little bit about 23 years ago, you founded the, the, uh, the Sustainable Development in Africa. Um, what, you know, that many would say 23 years ago, this wasn't really a conversation people were having. So there was some foresight on your part True. Uh, to see that we were headed into a very, very difficult stage uh, for the world in terms of conservation, in terms of sustainability, in terms of the environment and, and the damage that we are doing. Tw uh, 23 years ago, the conversation, there were only little tiny murmurs of this problem that we have now heard, you know, has been magnified. The, the conversation has been magnified in the last five years. What made you realize that, that this conversation needed to start? Just by the mere philosophy that runs in my mind and my being because we all have a reason to live and mine is green because green is about kindness green is about sustainable development sustainable livelihoods green is about uh, the passionate environmental conservation. Tell an African person to conserve the environment, you'll be left alone. But show them how to make money, they will go in that direction. Right. And that is what has been driving me, so that you use a bait to be able to get to what you want to achieve. And sustainable development is about replenishment, is about using God-given resources. The, the capital gain that we definitely have out there out of what God has given us, to manage it in the best way possible. And we would not even be in the situation that we are today for it mm. if we managed our resources uh, very carefully. Because, I mean, the trouble that we are in as a country today, the high cost of living, all can be met by uh, managing our resources very carefully. And you realize uh, over the years, about 80% of Kenya's population do live around those water-sufficient uh, areas, be it right. around the water towers, they're out there living there, and only about 20% are living outside there. So that management of resources, including and caring what uh, the community is all about and the increase in population is what really drove me to this because I could see out of this, uh, where we were headed. What's your uh, background, Dr. Green? Um, uh, I'm an environmentalist. Okay. I, I have also studied accounting. I, I do all these things by passion, beyond, far beyond what I am professionally qualified to do. Right. And I thank God for this opportunity. You, you talk about, you know, th th if we had thought, if we had forethought many years ago, we wouldn't be in the situation, i.e. the cost of living, because we could have technically been 
creating our own. Uh, we actually could have been Africa's breadbasket if we were clever enough to think back then. How much time has been wasted and how much time will it take for us to get to a point where we can be uh, sustainable within our development space? Because we are in a situation right now where we're seeing people who are used to be able to afford one meal a day can no longer afford one meal a day. People who could afford three meals a day can no longer afford three meals a day. Um, and yet by what you're saying i mean and 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 rightfully so we live in an environment here in kenya where agriculture is so rich but we're not using it we're not exploiting it in the way we should i'll take it to the within the concept of our of our discussion today uh, to be able to appreciate that the more trees that we have the better the food security the more uh, the more trees that we have the more forest the more the water the more forest that we have the more and better environment that we would have that being the situation you can imagine that since the independence all the trees that have been grown by kenyans putting all the entire efforts 90 to 93 percent of those trees have dried up right Every effort that one has planted to, to uh, put in to grow trees, 90% has. So what, what you're seeing today is just about 7 to 8% that has reached or taken us to where we are today. But why is that? Why have they dried up? Just because people want to continue living around the areas where the water is coming from. Right. Do you know, like, I, I thank God that I was part of this uh, task force uh, uh, on uh, management of our forests and uh, logging. And do you know, Farid, the things that we found out were, were, were ungodly. Do you know, we went to some of the areas uh, in Narok and uh, other areas. You find that you're planting trees. At the same time, the community has got a packet of salt in their pockets. And immediately they plant the trees. They pour some handful of, of uh, salt so that that tree does not survive. So that they can be able to continue using that space that is called forest. Right. We went to some areas in Meru and found out that people were planting trees and soon after that, just about three or four months later, they have a program that is called Shtua program. So they come and uproot the tree and pin it back so that it does not grow mm. so that they can co continue uh, doing vegetables in the forest and planting maize in the forest. We found very senior government officials planting uh, and using the forest for their own personal gain. And this is these are the things that Kenyans do not appreciate and may not be able to understand. You find trees have been planted in areas where animals, the domestic animals, are allowed to access. You find that uh, people are selling grass, the so-called carpet grass that you find in the in the selling points, and that has been uprooted from the forest. And what that uh, opens up to is erosion in the highest level, and you're losing a lot of your soil into the seas and. Uh, and uh, therefore degrading the forest uh, land. That is why 90% of the trees that we have planted since independence have not grown. We have no plan to protect them. But, but you, you know, you, 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 there's, of course there's going to always be the conversation that you're telling this group of people they can't live in this area where they, maybe they've lived for generations because it is a uh, zoned forest area. How do you then have that conversation with you need to leave this area so we can replenish uh, our natural resources because I mean I can see both sides of the coin if I'm that family I'll say but why 
Exactly. And this is what the discussion that we need to have, because we have only had one discussion that imagines that there will be only money out of forest because of selling the forest resources in the name of timber. Not appreciating that the forest will give us a lot of uh, a lot of uh, air, the oxygen we are looking for. I'm imagining and believing that this is going to be the source for uh, carbon sinks. Believing that there can be other sources. There has never been efforts commensurate to what we talk about uh, the the wood and uh, the timber harvesting that can be made to be understood by these people. Money can be made out of forests in different ways. Mm -hmm. There has been a lot of opportunities and it is deliberate, unfortunately. And this is a fact. It is deliberate that people only focus on one area because of the exploitation and the quick bucks that can come out of that without having to look at the future and what is expected. Mm. Within the people who live in the forests, and away from the only few people who benefit from timber production, there are lies opportunities for simple activities like collecting seeds, what is called the crown picking of seeds, packing them together in a professional way and selling a kilogram of seed at about 1,000 shillings and about 3,000 shillings, money that any of the community people, the young people that are suffering, burning charcoal and doing this can make a lot of money. There is a big opportunity for honey production in a way that is so great because the market for honey globally is almost bottomless. By 2028, it is expected to be at 12 billion US dollars and it is going to grow even further. Any honey that you produce anywhere today, you will sell it. A tin of uh, a kilogram of honey will earn you good money, close yeah, to a thousand shillings. Absolutely. It's quite expensive. Yeah. If there were uh, beehives that are set out in those areas, you can imagine how much that is. There are opportunities for growing mushrooms. Mushrooms, and by the way, before I go to mushrooms, the the production of uh, seeds is almost immediately when when the the seeding time. There is always a tree that is seeding in a period and the collection of that. So within within three months or within four months, you already have seeds that you can collect. Within uh, six months or four months, you can already harvest honey after after putting together that. Within another four to six weeks, you can grow. Uh, mushrooms. The market for mushroom is close to 60 billion US dollars right. wo wo worldwide. We are importing honey. There, uh, I mean, we are importing uh, mushrooms. And we're there importing is a honey lot as well, actually. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and you can imagine how much money. But this has been hidden from the community deliberately by those who do not want uh, for the people to, to, to benefit out of this. I must appreciate that there has been a lot of efforts in the, in the recent past to try and bring this out. But can you imagine if the same oomph uh, just like uh, putting on uh, the the idea of Uduma uh, centers and everything else was put to the, to those communities, all our chiefs uh, uh, educating the community, how much money and the uptake will be out there for people to harvest uh, the opportunities that are there. And then, and then Farid, uh, uh, I'm sure it is clear that 
there is nothing wrong in harvesting timber. But under what circumstances are sure. we harvesting the timber? Sure. People in Kenya take the word of the president so serious that I am I'm sometimes not sure that uh, he knows and the people around him know how serious they are. The day that the logging of the forest was done, people stopped going to the forest and it was almost felt like a criminal case just to walk around the forest. The moment he opened, the moment this was opened, leave alone the words that are being said by our very honorable minister, whom I hold in very high regard. She's a strong Christian, a person who means well, but things on the ground are totally different. We are talking of forests that are manned by one person. The, the ratio to the protection is one to about a thousand acres. The ideal situation is about, actually, sorry, not 1,000. It currently is about one, uh, one, one uh, uh, officer to about 10,000 uh, acres. acres. The ideal situation or expected or manageable situation is about one person to 400 acres. Right. So and you can imagine these guys don't have... They, they don't have houses. They don't have enough clothes to keep them uh, warm in those places. They don't have uh, vehicles. They don't even have water even living in, the, in those areas. They are li living in deplorable conditions. Uh, conditions, ungodly conditions. These are the people that we expect to, co to conserve the environment. These are the people that the minister, the, the, the government is saying that they are ready to protect their place. I have been, and I'm talking out of experience, in Limuru just the other day, an officer who is in charge of an entire uh, forest uh, area, living in a 1901 house. He is keeping holes in the house. He doesn't have a toilet. He had a community to help them to build the, the toilet that he is using with his family. He has no water. Living in the forest, he has to buy Bowser. He has to uh, water Bowser. He has to expect people to come and uh, and uh, and uh, support him. He is actually living at the mercy of the community around there because what they tell him is what he has to do. Yet it has to be the other way around. Okay, we're going to take a break, that, and we're going to get into this logging conversation as well because uh, clearly there is definitely two sides to this conversation. Yes. The other thing I want to discuss when we come back from this break is where does this uh, mindset shift? have to start for us to protect our natural resources and particularly our forests uh, so that we are not in a situation where we lose everything, which is where we're rapidly heading towards. We have a golden opportunity in this country to be a leader for the world, yet we may miss it because of policy and decision making. Capital FM. This morning in studio with me, Dr. Kalua Green, uh, as we talk uh, all things environment, all things sustainable development in Africa, and let's talk about logging. Now, there's been a ban that was in place for six years, uh, Dr. Green, uh, under former President Uhuru Kenyatta. This ban was supposed to help preserve our forest environment. Did the ban serve its purpose? It has definitely served its purpose. As I said earlier on, uh, a mention by the President is or a directive whether roadside or any other way as long as they mention that uh, it is really taken very seriously by the community by the republic because people 
elected the presidency and therefore what he says they take it very seriously and the opposite is true when he says something that can be misconstrued to be different then it is abused uh, just like immediately the the ban on uh, logging was uh, uh, mentioned the other day we already have but the following day we already have had people going out to burn charcoal to cut trees in dry places arid and semi-arid places like the like the region of uh, of uh, uh, Kitui, that you don't expect people to do that. We have had uh, uh, abuse in some of the areas. I was being told by people who are uh, love the environment down there in uh, places like Kiambu that there is a possibility, and it was actually because they were just saying it kindly that yes, forests have been allowed in plantation, but people are going beyond the plantation uh, uh, forests. People are picking indigenous trees. Where do you think the best trees that are indigenous for perfumes, for medicinal values, why are they disappearing in this country? Mm. Is it not because people are, ac uh, are accessing the, the, the forest? So there are only two things that happened when, we, when, when the ban uh, happened. Number one is because we had uh, no water sufficient water there was declining uh, food uh, harvest from our farms there was uh, about three failed season uh, before the ban happened and it was going to be terrible similar to what happened in 2009 where we lost uh, wildlife in a way that was mind-boggling mm. i think we lost about 300 elephants then you can imagine how terrible it was and that was what was just about to happen and there was a ban, and it was taken care of, and there was a great committee. If you share, and I want you to share, because I've just done that out of public demand on my, on my Twitter page and on my, on, on my Facebook page, the entire report on, uh, on uh, logging, uh, the ban on logging, it, it, it clearly stipulates on pages 101, 102, 103, and 104, what needs to be done? Mm. Part of it was a proper uh, audit by by our audit uh, institution in the country, a proper audit that is very keen on some areas. Which were the who who received the the permits that are being pushed now to be paid for? Who uh, how what is the valuation? Some of the valuations that is done on our forest. You, you get worth of 10,000 from the forest and outside the market you go and sell for 150,000 shillings. Mm, mm. I mean, isn't that our property? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we need to have? Isn't, you see, we keep talking about things that are not well thought of. Mm. And the imagination is that they are well thought of because when the pronouncement is done by the minister, when the pronouncement is done by the president, we have the same people on the ground. Nothing has changed. Mm. We, have, we have had 2,000 2, officers hired now for forestry. Right. They are still in training. They are not out in the forest so, to protect so the forest. Uh, so we don't have anyone to protect the forest. We're going no one to, to protect the forest. Not sufficient. Sufficient people. The, the, the books show that they're there. Right. The books show that we have enough. The statements indicate that there is every security that has been done, including the, um, the matter of protection and climate change being a serious issue, just as uh, terrorism. That is, it sounds very well. Mm. It sounds very good. Mm. But on the ground, things are different.
we have no sufficient officers mm -hmm. we have no forests that are fenced off mm -hmm. in 2018 when this was being done it looked like it was going to be enough there was going to be enough uh, surveillance equipment, drones and everything else. It was going to be done uh, within six months, within eight months. Six years later, we are still saying that we are now going to get uh, a country called uh, France to bring in uh, uh, drones. Six years later. Mm. Mm. We expected that Kenya Forest Service would definitely have scouts. Well, not only scouts, just like Kenya Wildlife Service, there are volunteers. But there are, but but, and you don't need to hire those by paying. But there are people who want to do that, but they are not allowed. But it shows that then, then f to me, it shows that this is in somebody's interest. Yes, of course. In order to not, I mean, if we had the correct facilities, people, uh, manpower, uh, drones, uh, wild uh, forest officers, etc., etc., then we could follow this lift on the logging ban to a T, i.e. the logging ban has been lifted, but these are the parameters in which you're allowed to log, which is not a great solution. Don't yes. get me wrong. That's yes. not a great answer. Yes. But what we're saying now is not only has the ban been lifted, the entire process is going to be exploited. Uh, that means that it's in someone's interest. Definitely. Do you know, Farid, every period uh, nearing the elections, our forests suffer most. Leave alone all these messes and our dear people losing their lives. The biggest sufferer every period before election is our forests. Okay. Licenses are issued like from left, right and center. People get into the forest to do logging. People get access to the forest to do anything and they get away with it just before the election so that they can get money out of this. This has not just happened in this government. It has happened in previous governments. It has continuously happened. Right. Ask yourself, just like Kenya Wildlife Service, we have honorary wardens. Why don't we have honorary uh, foresters yeah. over the years? Yeah. People who are ready to protect the environment. Yeah. People who are ready to fight for what is right. We don't have forest... Uh, 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 regions or demarcated very well so that we know this is the end or the beginning of a forest there is always disputes always right. on where the beginning of the forest is and where the end of the forest is it is made deliberately by some interest and you can read the history of our forest and how it continues to be and why people must wake up and deal with what is right for God's glory so there are interests and these are the <coughs> interests that we must completely curb and I pray that people can read some of the recommendations can read the report that uh, was on the task force of 2018 just like any other report in the government they are detailed and very passionate there was no influence whatsoever by anyone in that government after all it is even our current president who was the deputy we held a meeting in his office we presented the report in his office and thereafter, the cost, he caused the ban of the forest because of what it is. And I love it because he is an environmentalist by himself, an he ecologist is. That, that is par excellence. Now you see, leadership and what is happening is that what we need to think about. Who is pushing for the, for the logging ban? Mm. That's a question we need to answer, right? We need we, to we didn't answer, answer this Let's put it that way. Who is this? Yeah. Because there are people who may have been given licenses previously. 
and they believe that they need to be paid. They believe that uh, the government is keeping their money uh, unfairly. There is also the Kenya Revenue Authority who is stuck on this process saying that all the years anyone who has ever been given uh, the licenses to cut uh, to do logging has never paid money for VAT and other taxes because it is the forest right and the the force of the few who are pushing for this ban is so fierce it is so political that even those who are driven to do that use ungodly language to be able to allow this to happen. So let me ask you a question, Dr. Green. Where are we headed? If we don't get a handle on this, if we don't, if we don't start to make some headway from where you sit, from where environmentalists sit, or conservationists sit, to protect this natural resource, our forest area, where are we headed as a country? So first of all, we must love the loggers. I think they love what they're doing. There is a great market in the world for for timber we need to do furniture we definitely need to do the the building construction we definitely need to do all these things so there's nothing wrong with them uh that is what i would say the problem is the greed that we have right because we are able i mean compare our country with the other countries in africa we have about 15 countries that have over over 50 percent uh, forest cover congo is at 60 percent uh, guinea bissau uh, uh, the seashells and all that are at about uh, 70 percent uh, plus if kenya was in such a position that we had so much forest there would be no problem with logging what an opportunity for people to do tree plantations in their own forests mm. and and, then and the there is money that can be economy, made uh, yes. unemployment definitely goes down etc we are talking of a country that has the forested uh, region uh, in our country is only two percent the areas that are gazetted they are only two percent the plantation uh, forest that we are talking about is only two percent why would we want to rotate the production of uh, trees when we only have such a small space and we can see clearly that the opening of this cannot be managed because we don't have the surveillance equipment because we do not have people who believe in protection they are just believing in now we have clearly seen that uh, 90 percent of the trees that we have been growing over the years have not grown <coughs> we know very well that 90 80 percent of our community lives around forests that abuse is so huge that we need to start telling people what to do if we can be able to import sugar we can be able to import maize what would it be difficult to import timber for what we are doing from other regions as we create a space for the posterity mm. why mm. why mm. why would we want to really push what we have seen that has messed up but then does this go back to personal gain of a few or select few or one individual shamefully yes okay shamefully yes okay. so we're back and, to and you one. see the, the the problem is the the president is very keen and uh, able to to respond to very good advice mm. that is being done but the things on the ground are totally different. Okay. I mean, Farid, I can't say this enough. Just picture 
one person in the name of a forester mm. who is uh, manning an area of 10,000 acres yeah. by himself going by the ratio a place that is not fenced off mm -hmm. a place that has got so much uh, opportunity for one to survive and get everything else the place that is causing food security because of rainfall the place that is causing uh, the production of water the place that is doing all this and it is open they don't have a vehicle they don't have clothing for for uh, for uh, wearing in this period they don't have a torch to move at night they don't have anything and it's raining most of these places how would that person be able to protect that space but again in the interest of one or a few individuals yes. that's exactly how they, they want the situation that. to be yes There's no and point they will push it. as if there is an urgency like the world is coming to an end yeah to state that you know we will not allow yeah. uh, trees to to rot in yeah. this area yeah. what the heck is that you, trees rotting in a forest is a big advantage that is a biological process that needs to happen so so there's a lack of there's a lack of knowledge and then greed combined and this is the result it is yes exactly you I have understand. put it the best That's, way possible we're gonna, one last question for you dr green as we're running out of time what keeps you going because this is a this is obviously an uphill battle this is like <laughs> squeezing water from a stone it must feel like sometimes to get your message across and platforms like this listen let me tell you it is encouraging that people like you exist that want to do the right thing that want to not just do the right thing by saying as governments will say we're doing it this way by educating us to make us understand that this is the right way because 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 what keeps you going doing good for common good doing good and let god receive all the glory and honor tenda wema nenda zako i believe that one day the voice that i speak which is representative of so many communities in the forestry space in the in the Kenya Horticultural uh, Society Association in the forestry and environmental groups i am only one in so many raising a voice that i hope and believe that one day it is going to be heard by the right people because for it the challenges that we have in our country can easily be sorted by us taking care of our environment and i have an idea i have a clue I have been in business since 1991 doing the same thing as an eco entrepreneur knowing that money must be coming from just the protection of our environment in the best way possible and I have an A to Z of how this can be done because I have support of very well wishers and people who are across the country who text and ask what can we do this mm. is the idea mm. that keeps me going how much money can you have how much money is enough money Yeah. What is going to be left for posterity? For What will our children yeah. say that uh, you did when you are alive? Absolutely. At least you're here you're an you're a rotarian and we know what you're doing for common good. We know what you've been standing in protection of uh, addicted and people who are, have been problems in the society for 20 some years. What do we stand for? What can we be able to do? And you know, as I finish, one of the best things that I believe that can happen if president and not if i believe once president ruto chooses to become a one term president kenyans will give him an opportunity to become and to have an additional an additional uh, uh, term why because he will make 
hard decisions, not just by mentioning, hard decisions. And Kenyans will relate. Kenyans will appreciate. Kenyans will know that definitely this man means good. And this is the hustler nation that we have been looking for. When we are talking about high cost of living, he will make decisions that are clearly resonative to all the people who are listening. And he has a tremendous opportunity that no any other president has ever had. That within one year, there are protests. Within one year, people are complaining about this and that. If he can turn to just listen and listen carefully with the right voices that are doing good for common good and for God's glory, this country will change totally because he has an opportunity. We all have an opportunity. And to listen to those critics because they mean well at the end of the day. I count myself part of the government and I believe that we have to speak what is good so that our country can prosper. We are now suffering. A, a lot of people are crying because of what business are closing down. People are being sent home in a community, in an institution, in a government that can be able to help us. How much money is enough money? Thank you so much, Dr. Green. Well said. And you're welcome back anytime. That was absolutely wonderful. Thank uh, you. And I know I'll see you again very soon. Yeah.